You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. It's great to see you all. I had the awesome honor and privilege of being um, in Cumbria last week. Please keep praying for them. There is something incredibly significant happening in Cumbria at the moment. Uh, so Penrith, Penrith had 60 people in that room on Sunday morning, which was fantastic. Um, they had a whole new family come. They had four salvations just last Sunday alone. Uh, and Workington, play, just keep praying for them as well because they, they need it. They're still pioneering. They're still trudging. You know what it was like when we're pioneering, getting in, setting up, not really sure what we're going to be met with as we enter our building. Uh, luckily, it hasn't been any more kind of bodybuilding contests or anything, but it, it was a baby shower, so that was quite scary. Uh, half three last week, walking into a, uh, what's a, what's a collective noun for women? Um, cackle? Uh, there was a cackle. No? Gaggle? A gaggle of women uh, just staring at me as I was walking in with like, guitars and stuff. I was like, I'm not singing. I'm not your entertainment. Don't worry. Uh, and that, so please pray. Please keep praying for them. Uh, and, and enough. Have you ever, uh, this is a side point, have you ever sent a text to somebody and instantly regretted it? So I had a text this morning uh, from Roger the Man Dowding. He's phenomenal. He was up early. He came down so you could have heating this morning uh, and, and stuff. So he, he came down. I had a text message at 10 past seven from Roger saying, I've put the heating on. I'm great. Are you downstairs in my house? Uh, no, uh, in church. But I was so blurry and so asleep was, was responding that my fingers were typing faster than my brain. So I just replied back, thanks, tiger. <laughs> Instantly regretted it. Roger, Roger, Roger. Uh, and stuff. So uh, you can have that. So Roger is forever if you want to. You can refer to him as tiger. Uh, he's, he's fine with that. He's on lights this morning as well. Uh, and uh, so it, we're in the, we are uh, towards the end of January. How's everyone doing? You all survived Blue Monday. Who knew that was a thing? Uh, I didn't. Uh, 16th of January is known as Blue Monday. It's that kind of in between that the end, middle of the month. It's kind of like away from Christmas and it's, it's kind of in the middle away from like getting to uh, payday again. And it can be kind of like, no, it just can be uh, kind of awkward and odd, but you made it. But how about you, your New Year's resolutions? How are you doing with those? Hands up if you made a New Year's resolution. Okay. How many, thank you for that one family. Yes, <laughs> thank you. How many of you have, st- okay, those hands that are raised, I'll look over you. How, are you sticking to it? Is it good? Yeah, okay, it's great. I know my New Year's resolution for this year is to stop making resolutions for myself and make resolutions for other people. So uh, my resolutions for my children this year are this. I will sleep in my bed all night. Uh, A resolution for my children is I will only color on paper uh, rather than the walls. Uh, A resolution for my uh, child is I will uh, eat vegetables without being uh, bribed. Uh, And I will, what was the other ones? I will occasionally tidy up after myself without being asked. Well, that's, uh, we can do that one. Uh, and my other resolution for my children this year is uh, I will stop making my, 
parents read me that same book over and over and over again. Julia Donaldson, although she's amazing, the uh, Gufflo child can officially do one uh, and stuff. I've had enough of it. Uh, and that, but, but we're in a new year. We're in a new year. Well, we are 20-something days into a new year, so it feels like we're, we're still in our New Year series. It's still a new year, uh, effectively. So, Happy New Year to you all. Uh, and that's so uh, we can stop saying that now. That's fine. You don't need to say Happy New Year to anybody else. Uh, and that, but it's just with the with it being a new year, there's always that kind of chance of 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 something of going into something new. The excitement, you know, everyone kind of like on Facebook flings around this statement: New Year, New Me. What utter tosh. It is, isn't it? It's just, it's just complete rubbish. Like, like when we go from like midnight into the new year, from New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, we don't suddenly revert back to a catalyst and come back as a beautiful butterfly or like a reverse Cinderella or a phoenix. I went to bed, woke up, I was me. I was the same. I didn't wake up slimmer, more handsome, full head of hair. I was the same. And that's so... But, so let's get this notion out of our head. New year, new me. Let's completely put a strike through it like this. If I had someone on tech that would, there we go, uh, and stuff. Let's just put a strike through it today. Because I believe that this year, 2023, is let's not a try and achieve new me. Let's just take God at his word and allow every single day a chance for you to be greater. For you a chance to be greater, for you to move into the destiny that God has for you, to you to have the faith and the knowledge and the expectancy for healing, for loved ones, for jobs, for finance, in a greater way. So rather than new year, new me, let's look for new year, greater me. You know, Around this time of the year, we have that, um, you know, social media can, again, it was like, these are my top 10 images of, of 2022, or these are the, my most listened to songs of 2022. We kind of like looking back at the year, but sometimes we look at the back at the year and go, I don't want anything like that ever again. I don't want to go through 2022 like, uh, 2023 like 2022. But what I want us to journey to together is this. Let's actually look back at what happened last year but then let's step forward into greater for this year. It's looking back so that we can move forward. We can learn from lessons that, that maybe have been good, maybe would have been bad, maybe were kind of hurtful and painful. But actually, I'm going to learn and trust God from those so that I can move forward into greater in this year. Is that okay? Greater you. New year, greater me. And great is where we're going to bed ourselves today. It is our teaching series for January. You've had just incredible speakers over the last couple of weeks in this service, uh, in the meetings. But I want to take it just maybe from my angle, because I'm a, kind of like just the way that I think. So it's going to be looking at greater even more. So if you've got pads, pens, you're making notes, I want you to write down this truth. If you can write down this truth and completely believe it, then we're done for the day and we can go home. Simple, okay? And it's this, the truth is this. It's not going to come on the screen, but it's this. God is great. God is great. God is great. If you need me to spell it for you, I can. Gut-ot-duh. 
And then if you want to be really cool, the number eight. God is great. And then the second part, and he's created us, you, me, for greatness. He's created us all for greatness. He's great and he's created us. You fill in the blank if you're making notes. He's created me. He's created us. He's created you for greatness. Imagine it as an apple. Your life is an apple. And in an apple, there is seeds. And in this apple, there is the potential for orchards in an apple. It's the same when God comes into our life. He gives us the seed of greatness in our lives. He wants us to be great. He, He made us to be great. Psalms verse, uh, Psalm chapter 71 declares this, Thou shalt increase my greatness. Incredible that King David, as he's writing the psalm, says of God, God, you want to, you will increase my greatness, and you will comfort me on every side. So everything God created has the potential for greatness. I have the potential for greatness. You have the potential. We all have the great potential to be great. The only thing is stopping us from that greatness is ourselves. Is me. The only thing stopping me from me being great, stepping into what God has for me, is my own faith, is my own stubbornness, my own life, my own situation, it's, it's my own thinking, is stopping me from my greatness. And if God has created us to be great, believes that we can be great, wants us to be great, then we should probably start believing. Start believing that over our lives. Start trusting God. And then actually, what we should be doing also is preparing ourselves for greater. Preparing our hearts, preparing our lives for greater. And that's what I want to look at today. How do we prepare ourselves for greater? How do we prepare ourselves that in this year when when life comes and situations arise, we can step into it with a confidence that says, God, with you I've got this. I'm going to step into this greater aspect of faith, into this greater opportunity, into this greater scary expanse of the unknown because I have God with me. So how do you prepare for greater? Last Christmas, it feels like ages ago, but it was only a couple of weeks ago, I had the honor for my family of cooking the Christmas dinner. You know, why is it about Christmas dinner that stresses everybody out? It's just a glorified Sunday roast, isn't it? And stuff, it's like Sunday, okay, I've done this across all locations uh, that I preach this so far. Hands up if Yorkshire pudding should go on a uh, Christmas dinner. Wow, okay, hands down. If it shouldn't, okay, yeah, okay. Um, A kind of of bone of contention in our family Bread sauce. Hands up, bread sauce. Okay. Hands up if it shouldn't be on. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm there. Because who wants to put wallpaper paste on a dinner? You know, just per, uh, being per- completely honest, the thought of bread, bread sauce the other time when I was preaching this in Penrith made me gag a little bit. I was like, just, I had to kind of compose myself in front of, uh, in front of, it's, it's wrong, but, but when it came to me preparing this Christmas dinner, I knew that we wanted to eat this time, therefore the, the chicken or the turkey, whatever meat we had, uh, 
Quan, I don't know what was it. It was chicken. It had to be at a certain time, which meant that everyone else, everything else then had to fall in line. You know, the roast potatoes need to be here, but then before that, they need to be parboiled, and they need to be, and they need to be, it's all crazy. And then my wife would chuck other stuff. I've got this we could put in as well. We've got this. It became a stress. There was a certain preparation in me being, needing to prepare for the food. Let's see, I had lists and this and that, and this needs to be in here. That means that needs to be there. Children started talking to me. Can I have batteries for this? Get away. I can't do it. I've got the timer. Alexa had so many timers. He was going off so many different times. I had no, I don't know why she's showing at me. Is it for potatoes? Is it for the, is it for the parsnips? Is it for, I don't know. In the end, we got through it. We went to McDonald's. We didn't, we didn't. We, we managed to get Christmas dinner out of the way. But people are saying that it takes anywhere between six to 10 years and of 10,000 hours to be great at something. So to be great at something, there is a planning and a preparation that's needed to be great. To be the vi- great at the violin or, or uh, singing or art or other different things. There's, a, there's, there's practice and there's preparation so that you can be prepared and great in the long run. So we're going to have a new initiative at church. We're going to do 10,000 hours of praying. Starting now. We aren't leaving till all 10,000 hours are done. No, I'm kidding. But we're talking today about the preparation. How do we prepare ourselves? God wants us to be great, so let's prepare ourselves for greatness. You know, why is it that some houses, our house did it as well, that that kind of awkward week between Christmas and New Year is you pretty much, let's clean house, let's spring clean. Let's, we're not going into 2023 with, uh, with, uh, without cleaning the bed sheets or, or, or making sure all this. You know, my, my week was pretty much putting together every furniture you can think of from Ikea uh, and stuff because we thought it was a great time to change the kids' bedrooms around. Uh, and stuff. So, so what we're going to do today is we're going to do a bit of cleaning house, if that's okay. We're going to we're going to prepare ourselves for greater. We're going to look at um, a king from the Old Testament and what he did, how he changed his life so that he was able to prepare for greatness in his life. So, if you got Bibles today, you want to turn to two Chronicles, two Chronicles, chapter twenty-seven. This is uh, this is the account of King uh, Jotham or. Jotham, we'll call him Jotham because that's probably what his name was. Um, I'm going to be reading from the King James Version because it just helps me articulate something a bit better that I want to achieve. So if you just go with some of the words. This is what it says. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he became, began to reign. He was 25. Uh, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. That not be right, but we'll go with it. Howbeit, uh, he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. Incredible words. Verse 3, he built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built the cities in the mountains of Judea, and in the forests he built castles and towers. Verse 5, he fought also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year a hundred talents of silver and 10,000 measures of wheat and 10,000 of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him both the second year and the third year. So Jotham became mighty. So Jotham became greater because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. 
Incredible. Verse 6. I love that. So Jotham became greater. Or as it says in here, he became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. I love this story. I love the life of Jotham. You know, he was young, not as experienced as other kings. Yet, just in a few verses, we glean so much about what made him great. Firstly, we, we read very quickly is that he did what was right as his father did. Secondly, he, he rebuilt the upper gate, which is the link between the temple and the palace, which we will look at in depth in just a couple of minutes, or just a couple of moments. And then thirdly, he advanced his kingdom and took ground. So even though he was young compared to other kings, even though, even though his past may have said one thing and, and, and he may have felt completely out of his depth or unsure, because he was focused on God, because he applied himself in these areas, and because, because he prepared his ways before the Lord, he became great. He became mighty. I love just that verse 6 in the different translations of that same verse. It says that Jotham became mighty because he always obeyed. The NIV version said that because he walked steadfastly. Other, uh, other versions say that he was determined to please the Lord. Ordered his ways. And the Amplified Bible says he directed his ways. He aligned his life with God. He, he decided that no matter what, he was going to obey. He was going to be determined and steadfast and please and trust God. There's a challenge right there for us right now. How many of us this year has said, you know, God, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to do whatever I can to please you, to order, to, to order my ways. I love it. It says that he was determined to please the Lord, not just if the opportunity arises, I'll please the Lord. He was determined. You know, uh, because of this uh, verse, what I do daily now when I get up and do my, uh, my uh, Bible reading and prayer and just devotional time before the kids get up is that's a part of my prayer is now, God, help me and just give me opportunities and let me be determined to please you today. And it's just because of who I am now. I just love that he was determined to please God. So what was different about him? What can we glean from King Jotham? There's two things I've noticed from this verse, from this chapter, that Jotham did that we can learn from as we prepare ourselves for greater this year. And the verse, first one is this. He didn't allow his past to dictate his future. He didn't allow the kings of old or the situations that happened of old to dictate how he was going to be the king in his reign. If you look through um, the line of the kings of Judah, there was about 10 kings before him. All were okay. Some were bad. Some were very bad. But none of them were great. None of them were said to have been great. Jotham, he, he would have known what the kings were and, and what they have done through history books and, and stories. And it says in verse 2 that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all his father did, how be it, he entered not into the temple of the Lord. Chapter 27, we read about Jotham's dad, the previous king. And he did good in the eyes of the Lord. Apart from at one point, 
he allowed the power to go to his head. He became proudful and he realized that, or he thought that he didn't need the priest to enter into the temple of God. So he went in himself and burned incense. And if you know the Old Testament, that's a big no-no. And because of that, God took the blessing away from him and the rest of his reign was just shadowed. It just like wasn't as good as it was because he allowed his pride to be his downfall. So Jotham was like, I ain't going to be like my dad. I'm going to trust God, but I'm not going to do what he did. What I love about Jotham, when you, when you look through it, when you read him, read about him, it says that Jotham was the only king from Saul down against whom God had nothing bad to record. When you look through it, it's incredible. This one was bad and this one is but Jotham. Just in those six, eight verses we've read, God doesn't say anything bad about him. Even throughout the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament, because he prepared his ways. Let us this year not allow mistakes of the past to dictate how we want to step into the future. To not allow situations that have gone to stop us from what we want to achieve this yeah, I identified two things when I was going through this preach of things that we can do that will help us to step forward and not allow our past to dictate our future. The first one is this. We need to be forgiven and or be forgiven. Or we, sorry, we need to forgive or be forgiven. And there might be things that we're holding on to where actually this is hurting me. This is letting my, uh, this is not make, helping me step into who I want to be. I need to give it to God. I need to ask forgiveness or I need to be forgiven. And the second one is we need to replace, we need to place old for new. If you're going to say, God, today, God, I'm not going to believe that over my life anymore. That's gone. I'm going to leave that at the cross because of what Jesus did. That I need to replace that then with some new thinking. I need to replace that with some new, uh, some new uh, affirmations, but Bible verses. You know, I'm not going to believe that um, uh, anxiety is not going to be that in my head anymore, but I'm going to believe this, that with God, I can do all things who gives me strength. You know, I feel worthless. I feel alone. God is my, I am a co-heir with Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's replacing the old for new. Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. So we replace our old for new. We don't allow the past to dictate how we're going to live in the future. Because who you are is not who you were. Let me get that right. Who you were is not who you are. That's how I meant to say it. And who you are is not who you will be. Who you were is not who you are now, and who you are now is not who you will be. When we trust, when we put God to the word, when we seek him, you know, me from 20 years ago is very different to 20-year-old, 20, 20... Now, me, that's what I'm trying to say. 20, yeah. 20-year-old 20 me is very different to 40-year-old me, and... Let's not go over there. Um, but 60-year-old me is going to be different to how I am now because I'm trusting to not let the past define how I want to step into my future. Neither did Jotham. So let's be greater this year. Second point is he didn't allow the present to distract him from the future. He didn't allow his, his present, his current situation to distract him from what God was going to do in the future. 
Verse, verse, verse 2 said this. We've already read it where he says, He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all his father did. Howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord. And then the, just a couple of verses on, uh, words on it, that verse says, And the people did yet corruptly. What it's saying is that even though he was king, and he was trusting God. The whole world around him, his whole nation around him was still corrupt. They were still following the other gods. They were still just doing what pleased themselves. But Jotham stayed focused. He was like, I'm not allowing these distractions to dictate or, or to distract me from where I'm going to go in my future. He got his head down. He, he, he focused on God. He didn't allow the distractions around him. And one of the things he did during these times of not allowing people to distract him, one of the things he did to help him it, with these distractions was that, verse 3, he built the high gate of the house of the Lord. Now, if you look at the maps, if you look at the plans, or if you look, maybe one of those Bibles that has kind of like those maps in, of like in the Old Testament, when you look at the actual gate that he rebuilt... This wall, this gate he rebuilt, it was actually a link between the temple and the palace. It was a, play, it was a link from where he lived to, the, to a link to where God lived. So even in the distraction, what he did was he effectively, he, he rebuilt his line of communication to God. So that no matter what happened, everything was going to pot around him. He was still, he could get to the presence of God without distraction. He found a way for him to get to God. He found a way that he had to work hard. He had to rebuild it. He had to, he had to put the effort in. But it meant that he was able to stay focused. He was able to commune with God. And that was, that's one of his secrets of Jotham's prosperity and power was his relationship with God. Was his, was his communication with God. You know, if things were going hard or, or he needed wisdom or he didn't know what to happen next, he went straight to the temple of God. Not having to go around the houses, not having to take detours because there was roadworks or, or things happening. He, he fixed it so he could go straight into the temple of God. So the question would then be for us, how's our line of communication? How's our line of communication? How's our prayers? How's our relationship with God today? Is it good? Is the line good? Is, is it strong? Does it feel like there's a bit of maybe interference on the line? Or is it silent? You're praying and you're believing and you're like, God, it feels like I'm just praying. I'm like, I'm just getting silence back. Where are you in all this? Well, I'm learning more and more each day that my present pause isn't punishment, it's preparation. That that silence in my life isn't God going, I can't be bothered to deal with you today. Because that's not the nature of God. But it's that moment where he's preparing me for what he wants me to do. He's, this season that I'm in, he's preparing me for greater. He's believing, he's preparing us for something stronger, something great. So what are you believing for in 2023? It's New Year's Eve 2023. You're about to step into 2024. How do you want, how do you want to finish it? How do you want to finish 2023? You kind of high-five your partner or I'm like, woohoo, we made it. Or is it we kind of like, oh, we got through it. You're kind of like high-five, yay. 
we're doing it. We're going into another year. Or do you want to go into 2024 with, a, with an expectation and anticipation that says, whoa, if God did that this year, what the heck is he going to do in 2024? What's he going to do in 2025? What's he going to do in 2026? As we prepare ourselves now for what he wants to do. You know, I just can't wait to see what church is going to be like this Sunday in 2024. As we, as we believe for greater, as we believe for more, you know, we're probably, what, three quarters full? What does that mean for 2024? Full? Double services? Whew! Bigger worship teams, you know, we're believing for more, believing for greater, believing for God to move. I had five points additional to the other points that I wanted to share today, but I really feel that God only wants me to share just one, and it's this. What, how, when it comes to preparing ourselves today, how do we prepare ourselves? What can I do today? And what I really feel that God is saying for us today is that there is an aspect of us today that we need to prepare our heart. To prepare our hearts. I'm believing, you know, this morning I'm really believing that God will do some, some, some open heart surgery on ourselves. On us all. To prepare us for greater. To prepare us for the new season. Psalm 139 verse 23 says this. Search me God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See. See if there's any offense, offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. My prayer is today is that we, God will start working in us. Will start showing us. Will start revealing to us people, places, situations that we may need to be forgiven for or forget to leave in the past so that we can step into a future. Or it may be an opportunity for us to step into as we believe for greater. It's praying that really dangerous prayer. Search me, God. Know my heart. But then the promise at the end, and lead me in your way everlasting. Incredible. But he'll lead us every day of our lives. The final scripture I want to share today is this. When we prepare our hearts, James 4 verse 8 says this. Draw close to me or draw close to God and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I love that that scripture not only has a promise, but it has something that we can do. The promise and the requirement. The requirement is that as we draw close, the promise is that he will draw close to us. I don't know about you, but this year I want to draw close to God. There's going to be times where I need to draw close to God. I always want to draw close to God. So if, that, if God's going to draw close to me, guess what? I need to draw close to God. If we want God to close in our lives, we need to draw close to him too. So we want to create a moment today for us to prepare our hearts. To prepare our hearts to, for God to come and speak whether that's through a scripture, whether it's through a song, through a person, through a thought, through a dream, through a, maybe it's a prophecy forgotten or a dream forgotten. But I really believe that God wants 
to prepare us, but also build faith in us today. The way we're going to do this is, I've asked the band not to come up, but we're going to listen to a song. It's three minutes and 33 seconds. That's quite a short time to God to do full heart surgery on everybody. But God can do anything in a moment. Do you have a moment? But I'm praying that as we listen to this song, listen to this song, this is a song that helps me when I'm just on my walks and just need kind of like just a bit of clarity, I, I go to this song. This is one of the songs I go to because it just helps me focus on God. But it's also this song as well. Basically, when, we, when it comes to this song playing for the next three minutes and 33 seconds, my challenge to us all is, is very much when it comes to preparing our hearts for greater is this. Now is the time for you to choose your own adventure. It's just that God showed me this as a conversation with my son yesterday. He's in drama club and he was talking about how his next play is going to be based on those books. You know those books at the end of the chapter you decide if you want to go to chapter two and take on the shark or go to chapter four and search for the gold. It's that kind of, you, you decide your next adventure. But for us, it's this. It's deciding on an adventure. Now it's deciding how do I want to be greater? Where do I want to be greater in? How, how can I be greater in my marriage this year? What does God need to show to me? How can God, what does God need to reveal to me in these moments now? Maybe it's a person he reveals. Maybe it's a telephone number. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's an app. I don't know. But something that you need to maybe get rid of or replace or do that brings about your preparation for greater. So you want to close your eyes and cross, across this place. I want to pray for us all and then allow God to do some work in our hearts. God, right here, right now, Lord Jesus, we, I, we open our hearts, our minds, our spirits to you, Lord God, and say, God, we want greater in our lives, Lord Jesus. So we pray for these moments. So you will start speaking. You will start just dropping thoughts, dreams, prayers, people, situations again into our hearts that you want us to do so that we can be greater for you this year. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.